Hello everyone, I am Eli Hollingsworth and welcome back to Against the Current, a The Chosen podcast where today is a very exciting episode because we are talking about Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers. And if you are listening on Spotify, then you will probably be able to see me. I, I, I can, no, I can't see you, but you can see me interacting with you. What an amazing opportunity. I've been given early access um, to test out a new feature that is going to be available to lots of people. Uh, which is the ability of video podcasts where I can actually record video of myself and it will accompany the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, I don't think it's anywhere else but Spotify, but you can uh, see me. So if that adds a little experience to you, sometimes, you know, the way I say something, it's enhanced by when you see me say it. If I say something sarcastically or something like that, it just helps a lot. Okay. Um, so obviously, uh, first of all, I just want to mention as well, um, uh, I think my voice is a little bit under the weather. I'm having a little out-of-body experience right now. I, I, I'm like, this this doesn't sound like me. I, I don't recognize my own voice. I'm saying words, but it doesn't sound like me. So, I don't know. I have something or some kind of sickness. So, I sound a little bit under the weather. Don't mind that. We are here to talk about Christmas with the Chosen and nothing else, no matter how sidetracked I might get. So, Christmas with the Chosen. It is available to everyone to watch tonight. The live stream just finished about an hour ago. Actually, at the time I'm recording this, it took a while to set up. I didn't realize that. Um, but yeah, we're here. We're recording now. And I'm uh, testing out video podcasts. I don't know how well it's going to go, but hopefully it goes well. So that should be good. Um, so we're talking about Christmas with the Chosen. And I saw the live stream. It was great, as always. I mean, I saw it um, first um, December 1st. At um, at my local theater, so that was fun. Got to go and experience it in the theater, which, unfortunately, yes, it, it, uh, yeah, it's it's way better in the theater. I have to say, my home experience may just be bad, um, like a, a below average home experience watching something. But I mean, as yeah, it's so much better in the theater. So I say unfortunately because unfortunately there are a lot of people who cannot see it in the theater. And I'm so happy for them because they were able to see it now, see this amazing thing that we have all been talking about, and I'm very happy for that. So I will start off with a spoiler-free brief overview of the episode for those of you who have not seen it, which doesn't make sense why you haven't seen it. You should definitely go see it if you haven't yet um, because it's awesome and it's available and free to you. So uh, I don't know why you wouldn't go see it and then listen to this podcast episode. Um... This doesn't seem like a, a justice to the chosen community. Like, anyway, um, so and it, my brief overview of the Christmas with the chosen is that it was awesome. It was amazing. It was um, th- there's there's probably not enough words to describe how exactly the Christmas with the chosen was. Um, it was the songs were great, sounded awesome. They were so much fun. And awesome, I think that's just the word here, you know, awesome. That's the main word that I would use to describe Christmas with the Chosen. Can't really find any other word. Um, brief overview, I want to say something for people who haven't seen it, although you should see it. Um, episode was great. Um, songs were great. Monologues, written by Tyler Thompson, performed by Lara. I think it's like, it's not Lara, because I'm an American, I would say it Lara. I think it's Lata, like Latte. Uh, that's how I remember it. I want to be very true to people's cultures because sometimes I'm afraid that I offend people with my American pronunciation of things. But anyway, Lata, Lata Silva. Um, then we have Giovanni Cairo, Austin Allerman, and Luke Dimian uh, performing the monologues written by Tyler Thompson. Very great. Awesome. You should definitely pay attention to those, I guess. It's a great history lesson as well. You know, you, you get a lot of history out of this one too. It's like, not only do I watch The Chosen, but it's like I went to history class and it's cool if this is if tyler thompson would write social studies for kids then we'd have a lot more people out there in the world who are just complete scholars but unfortunately he doesn't so we have a lot of dumb people like me um so we have uh the monologues we have the songs we have the episode nothing else really you should definitely go check it out just i I mean i'm not gonna say anymore let's just jump into it let's jump into it you're probably here because you've already seen the episode anyway so let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, so we start off with Silent Night, um, performed by, I forget who performed this one. I feel bad, but I do. Uh, Silent Night, 
which is fun. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed all. I don't think there's a song in here that I didn't enjoy, um, but it was definitely fun. It was just a lot of fun, you know. Um, uh, just I mean, all these people have nice voices. They 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 don't sound bad. Any one of them. Um, so it's all it's none of them are are poorly made. Uh, the one thing I I do have a criticism about the music though that I, I'll save till the end. I'll save all yeah. All criticisms to the end. Uh, right now, we just want to talk about the good stuff. So yeah, Silent Night. It was good. Um, yeah, not one of the like more. There were there were a few that stood out to me, out of all of them, as I'm sure there were for most of you, all of you. Um, but this is not one that particularly stood out to me. Like wow, that is one that I remember so well. Um, and we have the opening credits with um, some title cards flashing across the screen. Christmas with the Chosen. Uh, we have Dallas talking about how his favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life, which, by the way, Dallas Jenkins did make a version of It's a Wonderful Life. Before he made The Chosen, it was called What If? It was with Chris Sonnenberg. It actually had John Ratzenberger in it, which is a little bit funny to me uh, as a huge like Disney Pixar fan. John Ratzenberger is a voice that shows up in a lot of those movies, so that was a little bit interesting. I was like, oh, that's um, funny. I actually know Chris Sonnenberg's son. I've met him in the homeschool community that I am around. That's a little bit funny. Um, and I haven't seen the movie. I just have seen the trailer because I want to familiarize myself with Dallas Jenkins' filmography, of course. If I'm going to see The Chosen and Dallas Jenkins directs it, then i got to know everything about this Dallas Jenkins guy. So I've seen the trailer. haven't seen the movie itself. It looks, you know, fine enough. Early 2010s Christian movie. Um, it looks good. It's fine. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Dallas talks about that. He talks about, you know, um, just what we're going to be seeing tonight. It's awesome. He hopes that when you leave, you hear the good news of the gospel, which we'll, we will also get into later. Um, something they might have dropped the ball on. I don't want to say anything. Um, so Angels We Have Heard with a High with Phil Wickham up next. Uh, what a great, um, I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's, um, Phil Wickham is obvious. I mean, he's. Out of the ones, you know, just the, the people talking amongst themselves with little interviews. That was the other thing. They weren't just monologue songs, uh, Christmas episode. There were also little interviews, little just little short segments where the artists themselves were talking. So that was also fun as well. Uh, he seems like a very cool guy. And um, I haven't personally listened to too much of his music, at any of his music, actually, I don't think. But, um, he's, you know, he seems like a great guy, you know. Makes some good music. He has a nice voice. All of them have nice voices. <laughs> they make good music. Um, and so Angels We've Heard on Higher. Good. Um, all of these artists add something to these Christmas songs. Like, they add their own little flair to it. And I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that yet. Um, again, might be one of those get-used-to-different-scenarios. Maybe. Um, but I don't know exactly if I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But... Um, there are some very exciting things coming up. So we have Hallelujah, Our King by Jordan Feliz. Jordan Feliz is like the one of these that I am familiar with um, out of these artists that I've seen here. I've heard of Jordan Feliz before. I felt content in that. Um, so that was fun to hear Hallelujah, Our King. I also feel like I've heard this song before. Which, by the way, all of these songs I do not think were originally recorded for The Chosen. Except for, um, there was one, like... What was it? Oh, yeah, the end, Joy to the World, the finale. I'm pretty sure that was the only one that is originally recorded for Christmas with the Chosen. Slight criticism that I'll get into later. Um, but we have Hallelujah, King, Jordan Fleece. Again, great. I don't have much to say when it comes to the Christmas special music side of things. I'm not like, I'm more, I'm more focused on, like, at the actual episode, I have a ton to say. Um, because I have, you know, I focus more on story. Um, I do have some stuff to say about the camera work, actually pretty cool um uh that's very exciting for me as a cinema geek uh but we have yeah I, I have a lot more to say when we get to the actual episode don't worry i'm not like brushing through this i do have some actual stuff to say but um so we have hallelujah our king george of Feliz. it was good you know I don't, yeah um i'll tell you when one sticks out to me but we have adonai elroy with giovanni cairo um, and this was uh, the first of, of the monologues, which are great. Um, they're really 
just just well written. You can tell that Tyler Thompson is a great writer. Um, it one thing that comes to my thinking of of Pixar. I don't know why I keep bringing it up, but uh, the director of Finding Nemo and a couple of other Pixar films. If you're fans of Pixar, um, his name is Andrew Stanton. The way that he directs his films and the way that he writes just has this very sharp, smart, quick um, interactions between characters that are very like fun to watch, um, and like specifically Bugs Life or, or if you know if you watch Pixar films, um, and you can just look at his movies and tell that guy is a writer. Like he's a writer at heart. He is specifically molded and crafted and made to write scenes and characters. Like you can just tell. He's, he's a writer. Uh, I feel like that's the same way about Tyler Thompson. He's not exactly a writer in the same vein as Andrew Stanton, to where he's good at, like, you know, uh, these, like, fun, lively, uh, funny, even, character interactions where they're, like, just having a lot of fun and um, being very funny and lively and, and smart and witty. Uh, but he does these very powerful, like, heart-wrenching, um, like, they pack an emotional punch types of, you know, monologues, what we see in the episodes. Uh, he obviously knows his stuff. He, he knows Jewish history. Again, it's like, if he would write my s social studies class, I would be a lot more invested in it. My teacher would be like, long ago when, <laughs> um, what was it? Hagar. I think that's, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Hagar was a, a snap, plunged into darkness. Like, if that was how my teacher taught... I don't have a social studies teacher, actually. No, I do. Okay. Um, if that's how he taught every class, I would be a lot more invested in social studies. But that's not how they do it, so... Just throwing it out there. Tyler Thompson, right? History classes. Um, so that was... It, it's a great monologue. You know, it's shot very well. The lighting is, you know, moody and dramatic. The music fits the scene. Um, cool stuff. Very good. Just high-quality production, you know. As most of the stuff is in this video. Then we cut to Go Tell It on the Mountain by Four King and Country. And this one stands out to me as just, like, you can just tell. It is top-notch, high-quality material. Um, first, of, first thing to notice here, and I don't know if this was, like, is there a bug in here? Wow. Um, so, not that. But first thing to notice that, that the aspect ratio changes here. We cut from Giovanni Cairo's little... Uh, not little, big, heart-wrenching, awesome monologue. Um, then it cross-dissolves into a forking country music video. By the way, it's all one shot, which is really cool. Um, but the aspect ratio changes. The aspect ratio that we've been watching it in, uh, just what I've noticed from the live stream, at least. The aspect ratio that we've been watching it in was 16 by 9, which is uh, pixel range. It's, HD is 1920 by 1080 pixels, or 4K3... 3,840 by 2,160, and probably a little bit higher quality than that. On YouTube, it's probably 1080 by 720. Anyway, nobody cares about pixel numbers. Um, uh, it switches to 285 by 2 by 85 by 1, I believe is the aspect ratio, which is like what cinematic, you know, big blockbuster movies use, where they have the two black bars across the screen. Um, it cuts to that, and I'm not quite sure. Usually what that means when they use that aspect ratio is that, um, is it, what is it? oh yeah, that they're shooting with an anamorphic lens, which, brief summary of the anamorphic lens, what it does is it squeezes the image to where it's, it films it in that aspect ratio of 285 by 1, where it's the black bars across the screen because it's condensing it into a little thing, um, and then it, you have to de-squeeze it, it, it exports it really stretched out then you have to de-squeeze it into that uh like sh narrower aspect ratio um and then it gets like some signature features like the bokeh in the background which is when things are out of focus uh is more stretched out when like you see the light dots and they're like blurry and out of focus they're more stretched out and also when there's a big light source like i say there's a big light shining in through that um those doors back there and there would be, like, big streaks going across the um, screen, like lens flares, as they're called. Um, so I don't think this was shot in anamorphic, though, because I don't see any of those signature qualities. So I don't know why it's in that aspect ratio. Sorry, little film geek tangent. I'm sorry. Um, nonetheless, it was very top quality, very well-made 
segment of the episode, like or the special. It's <laughs> very good. Um, all one shot. Everybody does their parts perfectly. The the music sounds great. They're harmonizing and you know ah, 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 all over the place. Sounds great. Awesome. That one definitely stood out to me. That's just like <laughs> you know he's and for King Country is another uh, artist that I was more familiar with. You know, and I was like wow that's actually like very good. Uh, then we have these little, the little, uh, little, these little interview things. What must people know? Uh, I have some more to say about that later. But, um, yeah, I just know it's fun hearing these artists' personal history, you know, getting to know them a lot more, humanizes them. Instead of just watching them sing, we get to hear them talk and talk about their personal experiences with the nativity scene and all that kind of thing. Fun, nice little addition to the episode. And if you notice, they, the, these things kind of go in a little pattern, if you notice. So it goes... Uh, song, song, monologue, song, um, interview. I think it does that again. So yeah, um, song, song, monologue, song. Okay, maybe not. I thought there was a pattern. No, there's not. Anyway, um, sorry about that. Um, so we have "Go Tell on the Mountain" that aspect ratio. What most people know. Then we have "Gratitude" by Brandon Lake, which is a fun song. You know, it. I'm not dissing any of these artists, by the way. All of them are great. They make music that I obviously don't make, so that's a skill that I don't have, and it's awesome that they're doing it. Um, I'm not dissing the artists at all. Their music is all great, and I am very humbled that they you know, make this music and are willing to come onto The Chosen and make this for us and do this really fun thing with everyone. Um, there's just some you know, that I like better than others, and that's the whole thing. If you don't agree with my liking or disliking of certain songs or certain parts or stuff like that that's beautiful that's great you know because what that shows is that just a good reminder that god made everyone different and that everyone has different opinions and no two people are alike so that's beautiful and that's great if you disagree with me strongly then you can email me at podcast against the current at gmail.com uh to maybe settle disputes although i don't know if i want to do that uh or direct message me on instagram at officially against the current you know whatever works for you if you strongly disagree with me but uh gratitude by brandon lake it was you know it was good um then we have emmanuel god with us forever um and that was an, again good there's there's you know all the songs are good it's like chosen episodes they're all good in fact they're probably all great they're just actually there's yeah what we've been going through on the podcast recently may not have been great in my personal opinion uh but it, it's a consistent, very good, above average quality level that is, you know, none of it's bad. It's just some parts stand out more than others. Um, so Emmanuel got with us forever. It was good. Um, but it didn't exactly stand out to me. Then we have Lada Silva's. I really want to make sure that I say her name right. I'm sorry. Um, Lada Silva's monologue, which was... Um, she was definitely the most, like, you could tell she was, like, emotionally invested. She was the most expressive. And then it was, like, you know, you really got into it, like, when she was, um, um, doing the monologue. Especially when the, the, near close to the end there, when she started, like, tearing up and crying. Uh, just very beautiful scene. Uh, another beautiful monologue by Tyler Thompson. Again, masterful, masterful writing skill. Is, he's very good at that stuff, um, obviously. And, um... Yeah, just, yeah, very emotional, very good, packs a punch. Lighting is very dramatic and moody and cool in different ways than the one with Giovanni Cairo. Uh, so that's great. Um, monologue, very good. And then we have uh, What Child Is This by the Children's Choir. Uh, I forget, like, what children's choir this was. The Children's Choir. What Child Is This? What Child Is This? And that's actually one of my favorite uh, Christmas songs. I don't know, just, you know, the kind of the... The overall vibe and, and tone of the song is has always been intriguing to me. It's just like, you know, kind of got that like almost eerie, uh, spooky sounding vibe that I actually really like. I think it's very cool. Um, and the execution of it was, <laughs> it was fun to watch, you know, it was fun to watch the kids, you know. Because um, there were some that were like, you know, just doing it. And then there were some that were again, like really into it and, and still really singing, so... It was, it was very fun to see, you know, all the kids and all that stuff. Um, it was it was a fun episode. Episode. What am I saying? Guys, it's late. Okay? 
I am at Eastern Time. It is 11, 12 p.m. right now. It is almost midnight, and I'm recording this podcast. I want to go to bed, but The Chosen is worth it. I also want to record a podcast, you know, I want to record the podcast more than I want to go to bed, obviously. Uh, but I do very much want to go to bed. I'm not one of those people that's, oh, let's party all night till 1 o'clock in the morning. Then we're sleeping all day. Yeah, I probably like to get up at 7 or 8. You know, I want to get the day, the, get the day started, you know. That's the way I am. So I'm not happy about staying up later. But I'm willing to do it because I love podcasting and talk about The Chosen um, for all of you guys to hear. I love it a lot. It's near and dear to my heart, and it makes me very happy. Um, so, and I hope it makes you happy. I hope you appreciate all the stuff that I'm doing right now. But anyway, let's continue talking about the episode. Um, where was I? What child is this? Oh, yeah, so the children choir. Some children will get into it. Some children, maybe not as much. But some of us, you know, you know, some children are really into it, and that's fun to watch. Uh, so it was good. I don't... <laughs> I'll get into my main complaint with why some of this isn't sinking as well. Later, I want to save the criticism for the later because I just want to talk about the good stuff now. So, um, so we have Hark the Herald Angels Sing with Mark Mar. Mark Mar. That's his name. I got it right. I don't want to be called out by him. Although, if he, you know, who knows if he's listening, but I don't want to be called out by him nonetheless. I will live in fear because of, we all know what happened to Dallas. Um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing with Mark Mar. So, one thing about this short, um, short, this music video that I found was really cool and made me very happy, as I just mentioned, the anamorphic film lens that squeezes the image or stretches the image and you have to de-squeeze it in order to get it in the proper aspect ratio. That's why you get those black bars on the top and bottom of your screen while you're watching a cinematic movie. This was shot in that fashion. They just cropped it in so then there's no black bars. But it was anamorphic, make no mistake. And that makes me extremely happy because I love the anamorphic film formats. I just think it looks awesome, and I do not understand why anyone wouldn't use it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's it's it conveys a certain emotion, it conveys a certain tone, and whereas spherical lens, which is what most movies are shot at, what, mo- what the chosen is shot at, um, on spherical lenses, um, obviously... They convey two different types of emotions, and depending on what a filmmaker is going for, they will go for one or the other, so they don't always have to go for anamorphic. And I just think it looks really great, and I've been thinking for a while... Sorry, I'm trying to... I don't know what's going on down there. Um, I've been thinking for a while that The Chosen sh- might look really cool in anamorphic. Just saying. Um, and technically, we get The Chosen in anamorphic. Although it's not a Chosen episode, The Chosen ad- episode is shot in the spherical lenses... Um, it is a part of a chosen Christmas special, so therefore I count it, and that makes me happy. Uh, also, this is the one, one of the ones that stood out for me as a great music video, just a great segment, like, awesome. Uh, it stood out as probably, you know, if I had to rank them in my top three, I'd probably rank them, uh, Go Tell It on the Mountain by Four King and Country, then I would probably, oh, wait a minute, no, there's other ones that we have to talk about that are awesome. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, so we have Hark the Herald Anderson. And you can just tell. Mark Mayer. Mar. Oh, man. It's going to bug me. Uh, Mark Mar. I think that's his name. Um, just seems like a naturally happy guy. So it's just fun to watch him do this stuff. Like, it's just fun to watch Mark Mar, Mayer, Mar, talk um, and sing. Because he just seems like a, a happy guy. Um, so... He's he's very fun, and he just said, you know, just does a very fun, lively interpretation of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. A very fun and lively song, doing it justice to the tone of the Christmas Carol. Uh, so that's fun. And then we have a little People Must Know segment. What people must know about the Christmas special. All the artists' interpretation of what people must know. Um, I have something to say about that later down the line, as I said before. But, it, you know, again, it's fun to watch these artists, you know, talk about their stuff. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. How Great Thou Art with the Bonner Family. This is another one that stood... I can't even speak. I'm so excited. This is another one that stood out to me uh, from the first time I saw it in the theater as just, just like, wow, that was cool. That was, like, really good. Um... And just, you know, just it's just them singing with their little drum. 
or not little, it's big and bold and cinematic with their big drum banging on the drum. Um, sounds just very good. Their voices are all great. Just uh, one of them looks like Carlton from the French Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Just want to point that out. They all do actually, except for the girls actually. Um, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, how great they're out. Not a Christmas song. Some of these aren't exactly Christmas songs, like Gratitude by Brandon Lake or uh, some other ones. Um, but How Great Thou Art was awesome. I mean, it just, you know, just because of that drum, because of the the, the same drum as, like, the type of drum that they use in movie trailers when they're showing, you know, this big cinematic sweeping uh, exciting thing going on. That blah, 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 blah. Um, it just feels very cinematic and big and swelling and it, it, it it's just big and I like that. I'm a big guy. So I like the big stuff. It's very cool. Um, I, I personally really liked How Great Thou Art by the Bonnie family. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so then we have Wonderful by Kane, which is a good song. I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad. <sighs> These are my opinions. I stick to them. Um, this one is one of the ones that didn't stand out to me as much. I mean, you know, it was like, oh, it's fun, wonderful, by Kane. Um, and I, uh, yes, I do, I pay attention to the lyrics. Uh, all the stuff they're saying is great. It's good. It's true. On the, in the songs, at least. We'll get into what they say later. Uh, but, you know, what they're saying is true. It's good. Um, so it's not bad. I'm paying attention to what they're saying. It's powerful. It's great. Yes, it's telling the truth of the Bible. Um, but... It just some stuff just doesn't stand out to me, um, and then we have Jehovah Ra with Austin Reed Allerman again, a great monologue, um, great, um, you know, just just the same uh, quality level as the other two, because they're all Austin Allerman does a great performance and execution of Tyler Thompson's amazing monologue that he wrote uh then we have breath of heaven with leanna crawford which yes you guessed it i hope you guessed it because i hope you've been paying attention up to this point this was filmed with an anamorphic lens or anamorphic lenses maybe um <sighs> it just makes me so happy it's just so satisfying like it just it just looks great you can't deny that anamorphic lenses look awesome and I just wish the Chosen would use them more. They don't listen to me. They, mm, I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not. As you can see, if you're watch, listening, watching on Spotify or whatever, Dallas copied my setup here. This is, I'm not copying Dallas with this setup, with these colors here. Orange on this side, blue on this side, lights. Dallas copied me. Did you notice that? If you go back, if you go on my Instagram, at officially against the current, scroll down to the very bottom or near the bottom. My very first episode, the video that I made talking with, or about my first episode, I had orange and blue on my light setup. And Dallas then later proceeded after he moved into his new house to use that same exact lighting setup. I am under the impression that he copied me. My lawyers will be in touch with him. But anyway, uh, Breath of Heaven with Leanna Crawford, the anamorphic lens looks great. Leanna Crawford's song is it's good. Um, that actually starts me a little bit more than the rest. Um, just a great song, very, um, I was about to say fun, but I don't know if that's the vibe that they were going for with that. More emotional, very deep, uh, but the stuff you were saying was good, and the song itself was, you know, it had this very interesting tone to it. Uh, very Christmassy, I would say. Wow, and the Christmas special, they had a Christmassy song, you can't believe that. Um, I'm being sarcastic, by the way, all of them are Christmassy, except for the ones that are not exactly original Christmas songs. They're still kind of Christmassy, you know what I mean? Um, so anyway... Ugh, sorry. I feel like I've been smoking all day. I don't smoke. Don't smoke, kids. That's how Walt Disney died. Um, Story of Christ, like, the, the artists do another one of those little tiny interviews, and they tell the story of their Christmas, how they experience it now, their interpretation of the nativity scene, versus how they saw it, how they interpreted it in their childhood days of yore. Um, and, uh, you know, they mention, you know, just a story, just about the, you know, the little baby and the lamb and that kind of thing. And now they actually understand what it means to them, you know, uh, and uh, I think Brandon Lake mentions how it was his parents' faith, but then his parents' faith became his own faith. There was a transition there. And that was a very cool thing to mention. Um, 
And uh, just, yeah, good stuff there as well. Um, and then we have the Christmas episode. All right, guys, here we go, here we go, here we go. We're 30 minutes into this podcast, and we finally made the episode. It means we're almost done, don't worry. Um, this shouldn't be too much longer. I hope it's not too long for you guys to listen to. Um, too long of my voice, and I know you'll start going crazy. Um, but, yes, the Christmas episode. We start in AD 48, and we start off with Tychicus, I believe is his name. Yeah, Tychicus. Tychicus. What an interesting name. Um, we don't ever see him. I don't think he's a very important character, especially in the Bible. Uh, but <clears throat> Tychicus. So this is 18 years after Jesus died and rose again up into heaven, into the clouds, and left the disciples to begin their ministry. Um, if you notice in the little beginning scene there, this is something uh, interesting. Just wanted to point out just some small details that, you know, you, know, you got to notice. What is the point of this beginning scene? We just see Tychicus writing in and then stopping, putting his hood on, looking up at the moon and stars. <sighs> That's what he does, and then he rides off. What is the purpose of the scene? Well, as he's doing that, he actually knocks the papers into the box that Mary Magdalene. Spoiler alert. I know you've already seen it, so not really a spoiler alert, but uh, he knocks the papers into the box that Mary Magdalene is staying in, uh, that, he's, that he's smuggling her in. Uh, so that's the purpose of that scene. I don't know if everyone caught that. Just wanted to point that out. That's a very cool thing. Just showing how later when she pushes the papers out to him, that's why that happens. Uh, so then we go back to 4 BC, which is when Jesus was born. I still don't know the exact story of why Jesus was born in 4 BC. Why didn't they just start at 1 BC? I haven't ever gotten clarity on that, even though I've asked. Um, so I don't know why that is. But 4 BC, very, sticking very true to actually how... It is, you know, Jesus was born in 4 BC for that reason. Uh, Mary and Joseph are walking. We get the scene that we were shown in the live stream like about um, a week or like a month ago, I think it was, right? I don't know. These these days all go by so fast. Uh, so they're walking and talking, and so uh, Mary's riding on a donkey, and then uh, we get that nice little exchange where, and this whole thing is one shot, of course, because Dallas loves to make us cinema freaks jealous of how much the Chosen can, oh, look at us. We're so great that we can do these one shots. We're not like those other film companies that have to do 15 billion cuts because they have to do 15 billion takes uh, in order for the actors to get it right or whatever uh, to keep your attention in there because we don't, we can't do that. No, we have to do these big long shots that make people like me go, great, Dallas, you're just making us jealous because we're used to the cinema where there's different cuts all the time. And you're just like, hey, look at how great we are because all of our actors are so amazing that they can just nail this. And all of our crew is amazing because they can film all this for so long. This makes me like, uh, yes, Dallas, your crew is amazing. <sighs> I'm not jealous. you know. It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing how they're able to do this stuff. It's, it's, they're, it's truly groundbreaking, guys. Like, you don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. Dallas doesn't have any idea how groundbreaking and – how much God is doing with this show. Like, it's it's unfathomable with fathom events. Um, so they're, you know, doing it's, it's one long shot for like stinking five minutes um, because The Chosen is so great at what they do. Um, so they're walking, and then Mary wants to get down, and we get that nice little exchange where they're talking about, my hair is messing up. Sorry, it's, it's 11.30 at night. Um, Mary is talking about how she wants to get down, we get that nice little exchange where Joseph is, you know, oh, Mary, you want your water? And she's like, no, um, just let me walk. And then, uh, you know, and, and yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a funny exchange, you know, just nice, charming little moments. That it's, again, I've said this before on the podcast. It's these little nuances that get you invested in the characters. They make you go, hey, I actually care about what happened to them. Why? Because I just connected with them. I just laughed along with them in a scene in a funny, humorous exchange. That adds up those little moments, this five-minute section where there's no cuts because we're getting intimately into the characters' minds and we're getting in there, into the scene with them. The camera movement is so subtle. You forget the camera's there. You're just with the characters in this moment. They have nice, funny, humorous, real conversations and exchanges that make you care about them. So when the, the birth of the, the Christ, the Savior, comes, you're actually 100% in the moment. You're invested and that's why all of us start crying because um, we are 100% invested in these characters, not because we're told to, not because 
the Christmas special expects it of us. Hey, this is Mary and Joseph. You know them, right? Because the nativity story is so famous and uh, because they changed the world. They were real people. No, it's because of these little exchanges. I always reference the Bible, TV show, miniseries with, um, uh, I don't know, it was like National Geographic or something like that. It was supposed to be like a nature show or something. Uh, the Bible. It was like 10 episodes or something just of the entire um, story of the Bible. So Jesus' um, episodes only are like three episodes. Uh, you can't get invested emotionally with any of the disciples. Any of them. I couldn't even name half of them for you. I know they're all disciples, and I know them more thanks to The Chosen. But in that show, they're just one character. The disciples. That's who they are. You, you can't distinguish them. Any, they don't have any personality distinguishes distinguishability. Um, except for Peter, just because he's so dumb. Um... And it's like, not to diss on the show. I mean, you know, it's fine for what it was. Until The Chosen came in and, of course, made us rethink the way we look at Christian media. And yeah, wow, that's so much worse than I remember it being. Why? Because The Chosen is so awesome. Because they actually take fundamental, real storytelling aspects and apply them to Bible, the, the, the biblical characters. It's just because it's a biblical media production tv show doesn't mean it's outside of the laws of film like and the chosen understands that dallas and the crew they understand that they understand that this has to have actual you know character development has to have um character arcs and story arcs and um that kind of thing i don't know what else to describe it as but you these nuances these little character interactions these are what make you care about the characters not because you've read the bible before and you're just, okay, this is Christian media. I mean, all of us have grown up, you know, watching these cheesy Christian movies. Why do I have to watch this? Why, mom and dad, are you making me watch this? I mean, it's Christian media, so I guess I have to be on board with it, and I guess I like it. Um, but it's not really the top cinema. I'll go on and watch these little cartoons that my parents will show me, and then I'll be like, wow, this is so much more, this is just so much better and more entertaining. Because it follows genuine laws of film that have been set up by actual experts who study what do humans react to best when it comes to watching a movie, the sole purpose of giving you a message and telling you something? What do people react to best? What makes them emote? What makes them connect with characters? If they're actual experts that study this and these rules to apply to all of film. Why not Christian media? Why not stuff that has to talk about the Bible? Um, that's the stuff that The Chosen has come in and said, hey, we're changing that. We, we, blah, 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 blah. we came in. We're making a show about Jesus. Jesus shows. Why are they so bad? Because you can't get emotionally invested in the characters. It doesn't follow the genuine laws of film. You have to have character interactions. You have to have character story arcs. You have to have character development. And these little character interactions that make you care about the characters. Uh, it has to have that stuff in order for you to be emotionally invested. Why does it disregard that? Oh, because it's a Jesus show. We're telling the story of the Bible as it is. These people didn't write the Bible as a movie. They wrote it as a book. They, wrote it as, they didn't even write it as a book. They wrote it as writings. Writing about what was happening. How do you take that and turn it into actual cinema to where in the media form, movies weren't around in Bible times. So movies in and of themselves are not exactly true to the Bible. Therefore, when you put it in the in, or in TV shows, in the case of The Chosen, because that's what we're talking about. In these cases, you have complete 100% the right to change stuff and add stuff in. Dallas has said repeatedly, this is not a replacement for scripture. This is just a representation of what it could have been like. And because of that, it makes you think about things. It has you have, makes you have general, genuine conversations with your family members and the people around you that you would never have with other, um, like the Avengers or Marvel or something, because that stuff didn't actually happen. You aren't told that this stuff actually happened. Um, you don't connect with it, or you don't talk about it, or you don't discuss about it nearly as much as you would with The Chosen, because The Chosen is stuff that actually happened. That's Christian media done right. Why is Christian media different? Why is stuff about the Bible different? Not because you can't follow genuine rules of film, although that's what people thought for years. Now the Chosen is saying, why is Christian media different? Because it actually happened. Not because it's, you know, for people, and we can't have blood and gore, and we can't have, um, it has to be all kid-friendly and rated G. Um, can't have any of that bad stuff in it. Um, it's actually saying, no, Christian media is different. Because this is a real story. So that's what The Chosen is saying, at least. And that's 
I think the way that Christian media should be. It's not different because it's just trying to be different for the sake of being different, just for no reason, because we're Christians. And we, the Bible says we're supposed to be set apart. Therefore, let's make our cinema different and make it bad. And there's some good Christian cinema out there, you know. There's some decent ones, but not nearly as good as a lot of the other cinema that you see out there because they follow genuine rules of film. The Chosen follows these rules of film. It says, why is Christian media different? It's different because it's real. And I said that like five times, I understand. Um, anyway, I don't know how I got on that tangent. And um, I feel bad if anyone didn't like that tangent. But I feel like it was a necessary tangent. I feel content in what I said. Um, I feel very proud of myself for saying that. I feel, yeah, that was great. I got that off my chest. Whew. I am feeling good. It is 11.33 at night, and I am ready to go. Um, so, anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> I don't think I can go through the episode, like, indistinctly. Indistinctly. Um, let's just give a brief overview of the episode, okay? Not brief, but, like, overview. Let's go ahead. All right. So, we have two running storylines throughout this episode. Two plot lines. It's not a plot line. It's not a plot and a subplot. It's not, like, that. It's actually two main plot lines. Running together. It's like, um, ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so, um, and I never particularly liked visiting this post-Jesus era. You want to know why? Because it makes me so sad and depressed. It's like, oh, Andrew's about to go and be arrested in Greece, which is where we know in the Bible that he dies. Um, things are getting harder. I'm like, I don't want to hear this because it's so heartbreaking to me. I'm not ready yet. I need to finish the other five seasons of The Chosen in order to be ready for this kind of thing. I can't. I can't with this stuff. It's too much for me. I can't. Just <sighs> None of us are ready for season six. It's going to be brutal. Oh, no. I am not excited for that. It's so... Ah, I don't even want to think about it. Mm-mm, nope. Um, so we get this post-apocalyptic. I see it's post-apocalyptic. I keep saying that, and I'm not meaning to. It's not post... There's no apocalypse that happens. But Jesus... Ascending into heaven kind of is. Um, and then, you know, we have the Romans are a lot more hands-on, and they're, you know, hunting aggressively after these Jews that are trying to spread the word of Jesus. And even the Jews Jews themselves, like the, not just the Romans, but like the Romans don't even really care. It's more like the uh, religious uh, leaders of the time are hunting after the Christians. So it's kind of post-apocalyptic. Um, it's like, if, I don't want to reference this in case anyone, you know, gets mad at me, but it's like X-Men Days of Future Past. Is a movie that released in 2014. It is a Marvel movie. Uh, it takes place in these two different time eras in the past, in like the 60s or 70s, and the, uh, like 2025 or something. Uh, and then you have these two plot lines, and they're time traveling and going back to time. It's a lot of confusing. It's a superhero movie, and most of you probably don't like that. Um, but it's it's very much like what this um, is. And X Men: Days of Future Past is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Um, so, it's very much, like, cool to see these same kind of elements in The Chosen. It's, uh, in Days of Future Past, it's these two, you know, it's changing between the past and the future, and, um, you know, interchanging between the two of them, and then they eventually, you know, in the climax, they intersect with each other, and it leads to a very cool and emotionally powerful finale. Uh, kind of like what this is, except there's no time travel going on, of course, it's just cutting between the ages, uh, but... There still is, you know, time, uh, different time eras being involved here. Um, so it's very cool and it's very well done. It's very evenly paced. We have the beginning section where it's just intercutting between, uh, and it, it, it's very, it, again, it's very well paced. I was very surprised with this. Like, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we have the beginning with uh, Tychicus, and then we have Mary and Joseph, both like five minute scenes ish. Tychicus is probably a little bit shorter. Uh, so as you notice, as we're going, the cuts between the two timelines, time uh, zones, get shorter and shorter until you get to the valley, and then they're, like, together. Mary is telling Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary is telling Mary Magdalene her um, little, like, poem that she wrote as younger Mary is giving birth to Jesus. Like, they're, they're at the same time. They're happening at the same time. Uh... So at the beginning, it's longer cuts between the two of them, and it gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. The first time we see them like kind of interchanging is when Mary is sitting on the donkey while Joseph is arguing with Santa Claus, um, and she's 
you know, saying, God, uh, I'm for you, I trust in you, that kind of thing. Uh, then you see Mary, older Mary, in her bed talking about the same thing. Uh, so that's the first time, and then it starts getting shorter and shorter. So it's very well-paced. I found that, as you know, of story nerds, very cool, um, very nice. And um, so you, you, it doesn't overwhelm you with information. keeps things going nice and easy. Um, and it packs an emotional punch at the end. There's this very heavy emotional theme over the whole thing, especially in the future. Or now, I guess it's the past, but like the, that is the future um, uh, time era. So, uh, the the big surprise in this episode, there was a big mystery character that was revealed, and that is Lazarus. So he's going to be a big part of season three, and also going to be a big part of probably even future seasons. So that is very cool and interesting, and I'm very excited to see where that goes because we all know Lazarus was <laughs> Lazarus was raised Lazarus was raised from the dead, and then uh. So it seems like he's going to be following Jesus. There's this bug here. I don't, I'm sorry, guys. It's just flying around and it's, you know, forget it. Um, so Lazarus is going to be a big part of season three. That's very exciting. We also get the introduction of Luke in this episode. Um, at the very end, I know, but still an introduction. Um, and that's very cool as well. I think we're going to see him in season three as well. So that's very cool. Luke is cool. He just says it like his voice. It's just... Mary, you got stuff for me? I'm just like, yes, I'm automatically on board with you. I talk about character nuance and, and uh, you know, really getting to the mind of characters, but Luke is the one exception because I just looked at him and I said, I'm on board with you. Whatever happens to you, I'm on board with because, I don't know. He's just cool. He's a cool guy. Can you not look at that man and say that he's not cool? Um, so, that's very cool. Um... And it's just a very good episode of the chosen. It definitely stands out, you know. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't want to compare it to another chosen to all the other chosen episodes because it's kind of doing its own different thing. Um, but it is awesome and very well done. Packs a very good emotional punch at the end. Uh, I think this is the first time I've actually teared up and started crying in a chosen episode. So congratulations to me in a weird way. Um, Wow, Eli, we are so happy for you. You finally cried during an episode of The Chosen. Doesn't you see how weird that sounds? But that's the weird Chosen community that we've put together, and I'm happy to be part of it. I'm very happy to be part of it. Um, so, yes, this is a very good episode full of very cool scenes. Just the, you know, and Dallas always brags about the shot of Joseph scooping the poop. Uh, he's like, wow, that is such a great shot. Well, it does. You know, it says a lot. Joseph being a pooper scooper says about, um, you know, what it says about what they had to do in order to bring the Savior of the world into the world. Um, it does say a lot. It's very powerful stuff. The whole, th the whole episode is very powerful stuff. So, not like a super in-depth breakdown, but um, just, you know, general thoughts on it. Very good. Um, so, I love the inclusion of Shalom, by the way. It was mentioned, I think, Lada's... Um, monologue but the shalom at the end with mary and mary um very good i i don't want to start crying on here uh so luke dimian gives the final monologue all right and um he talks about you know jesus come, he talk, he says a very important line we're the messengers now right that's very cool that's very good that's 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 great even um very good representation of jesus was born he came into the world uh, because these messengers came to Mary and Joseph and told them, and now we're the messengers. We're going to spread the good news. People must know that... <coughs> Goodness. I'm starting to break down here. Don't worry. It's fine. We're going <laughs> to finish this. Don't worry. We're going to finish this. Um, so, we, we people must know. We have to tell everybody. We're the messengers. Go out into the world and <coughs> tell people about the Chosen. Um, this is going downhill very fast. Um... Now, notice that Luke Dimian's um, monologue does not have a title. There's no title given for uh, Luke Dimian. Unless you want to count, it says the messengers right before his pops up, but I think that's just the end of the chosen uh, of the episode, the messengers. So, <coughs> sorry. I don't think that's the name of his monologue. So, it's interesting that they didn't give a title to his monologue. I found that very interesting. Um... And so Luke Dimian gives his monologue. Then we have the finale with Joy to the World. Very fun. All of the... 
sorry. Artist singing together. I don't even know why I'm coughing. I'm not choking on anything. Um, all of the artists singing together um, and makes for a very fun and powerful finale. And it <coughs> just leaves you on a very good note. Now, something for those of you who are watching um, outside of the U.S., or maybe someone who hasn't seen it in theaters yet. I just watched it on live streams. Um, there was one other song that I'm kind of upset <coughs> sorry, that they cut. And that is uh, Emmanuel by, I forget the artist who sang it. But that was actually one of my favorite ones. I was like, that was really good. I liked that one. They were like doing some, there was some, I don't think it was probably like stop motion uh, elements with the actual people. Uh, in their music video. It was really cool. It played during the credits of the <coughs> actual thing in theaters. Um, it was like in a little, you know, they, they played the music video. I feel like those people kind of get shoved to the side. I feel kind of bad for them. I even forget their names. Um, and I was like, wow, that was actually a really good one. I actually really liked that. And I'm a little bit upset that they cut it. Um, so, interesting. Um, so, that is the... <coughs> my goodness. I feel so bad that I'm coughing on the microphone. Um, so, we are the messengers now. Leaves you on a very high note. Ready to, uh, I don't know, go out into the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus' birth. Now, some criticisms. Some criticisms, okay? I have one little good note to end on. One little, like, thinking note to end on. But first, I want to give my criticisms for the movie. So, overall... It was very good. It was great. It was a, a, it was like the chosen. I had my concerns. I've stated my concerns before. I think it was on episode uh, six of season two. I've stated concerns. What if it doesn't live up to the hype? What if it isn't as good as they've been making it out to be? It was. It was that and more. It was amazing. The episode, very well done. Acting from, uh, I don't know, I think Sarah Ann and uh, Raj Bond. Um, I hope I said those names right. Um. Very good stuff. It was all very well made. It was awesome. It was amazing. But, um, I do have some complaints. And if you don't agree with these complaints, again, that's beautiful. It's great. It shows that God made all of us differently and nobody two people are the same. Uh, but these are my personal opinions, so please don't get mad at me. I won't get mad at you if you share your opinions with me and you're like, wow, Eli, you're totally wrong. Um, I don't know if I said my name at the beginning. I'm Eli Hollingsworth, by the way, just in case I didn't say that. Um, so wow, Eli, you are totally wrong. Um, you feel free to share that with me. It's very fine. Fine, 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 fine. But these are my criticisms. Oh, no. Is everything okay? Everything's good? Um, so, yeah, these are my criticisms. So, so, so. Everything is lip synced. That is my first criticism. Kind of sucks you out, you out of the special itself. I feel like my thing is clicking. But, yeah. Kind of sucks you out of the episode itself that the whole thing is lip synced. It's not actually really performed by the artist. You can definitely tell because of the way they tried to the cinematography of the certain music videos themselves. They'll be playing like Phil Wickham on his piano, playing his piano, singing "Hark the Herald Angels Sing" or "Angels We Have Heard on High." Uh, sorry, and so he's playing his piano, but then at a different take that they shot of him where he's just lip syncing, he's not playing his piano, and he's and the piano's still playing. So it just kind of sucks you out of it, and it, it's it, with um Emmanuel, or no. What child is this? I'm falling apart. What child is this by the Children Choir? Uh, because it just seems so artificial and so lip synced, lip synced, lip synced. Um, what child is this? One of my personal favorite Christmas songs. We actually sang it in church today. Uh, it's such a blast. It was awesome. Um, it just gets sucked out of it because it just seems so artificial. Because you got all these kids, you know. Kids are terrible to work with on any media production at all. Uh, so, you know, you got all these kids, right? Um, I understand. It makes it, you know, difficult. But the lip syncing just really sucks me out of it. And what should be one of my favorites is not because it's just so artificial and lip synced. And that's the same that goes for all of them. Doesn't necessarily ruin it for me, just kind of, you know, it just a little, it kind of bothers me a little bit. And that's sad. Um, another thing is, I'm just going to say this, as a Christian myself, 
on what I believe and thinking about watching this Christmas special as someone who has maybe never had an encounter with Jesus or the Bible or Christianity or even like Catholic or the Catholic Church, as most of you are probably Catholics as well, uh, any sort of faith in Jesus Christ whatsoever, and watching this Christmas special, I'm not going to get the, the message, the gospel, the good news. The gospel is good news. I'm not going to get that from watching this Christmas special. Because what the message that they're conveying in this Christmas special, based on what I believe, just from my beliefs, I don't necessarily think that people are going to get the true good news from what it says in the Bible. They say, the message that is conveyed in this Christmas special, the message that it conveyed is that Jesus was born. Jesus is was God. He was a member of the Trinity. He is son of God. He's equal to God. He even is God in some cases. Uh, he came down to earth. He became man. He became human. He stepped down. Why? Why? In, in the Luke Dimian uh, monologue, this is what he says. He says the reason why is because he wanted to be with us. And even in the previous interviews, they say uh, what people must know is that God loves you. That God thinks you're so amazing. Uh, that he sent his one and only son to come and be born. Now we all know. And they even, and Phil Wickham like mentions, I think Phil Wickham mentions it like a little bit. Uh, he came to save us and to die on the cross. But why? What do we need to be saved from? We, we need to be saved. Jesus needed to come to earth and die a very gruesome death on the cross because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we need a savior. Like someone who hasn't had any encounter with faith and watches this Christmas special is going to think, oh, well, Chris, the Christmas story exists and Jesus died on the cross because I am so awesome and he needed to come for me. Um, that's not what it teaches in the Bible. The Bible teaches that we are all sinful. We have all fallen short of the glory of God and we are in need of the Savior. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he came to save us. Um, he came to save us from our sins. So to sit there and say, I am so awesome. That's why Jesus came for me. Um, I'm not sure that I they what they were saying was good. God thinks that we have value. Obviously, I mean we're God's creations. He definitely thinks that we are worth saving at least. Um, but we're not the most amazing thing in the, um, the reason we let me rephrase it. The reason we're created, as it says in the Bible, is to praise God. As the sole purpose that God created human beings is so we can so we can so we can so we can so yeah, that we could that we could praise him. And um, so the fact that just saying God loves you, God thinks you're so awesome, that's why he came to die on the cross. Uh, obviously, God thinks that we have value. God loves us. But they didn't add in that extra, the extra, the actual meat, the message of the gospel is that we are sinful. We have also been short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior. And that's what Jesus died on the cross. And if you believe that, believe that you're a sinner, believe that you need to repent of your sins and turn to God, that's what saves you. Um, and, you know, that's the basic meat of it. Some, you know, other religions, that's, as a Christian, that's what I believe. Uh, some other Christians are, or not Christians, but like other religions and stuff might believe something else. Um, but that's the sole meat of it, you know. That's the, the basic message. And they didn't share that in the Christmas special. For me and what I believe, being a Christian, being a Protestant, I think that's what, it, that's what it's called, just like a Christian, you know. Um, being that at all. It's a little bit, like, disappointing. It's like, just thinking about it as someone who isn't saved, okay? Someone who hasn't had an encounter with faith. Um, me, being saved, being a Christian, this stuff is all good and not new to me. And just a nice reminder, but I'm not even a reminder of, you know, the, the actual gospel itself, even as well. So... Just thinking about it as someone who hasn't had any encounter with faith before, I don't know if it's the best like introduction to like how to be saved. Like even Dallas said, I hope you walk away from this. Sorry, I get the mic. I hope you walk away from this knowing you know good news of the gospel, because people must know. People must know. Even Luke did this. Luke Dimian said this at the end. People must know. Jesus came and died on the cross. Oh wait, no, that's not what he said. What he said was, people must know that Jesus came and was a baby and was born into this world because you're so awesome. Because he wanted to be with you. Um, 
And that's just not what I believe. I think they should have added just that little extra more of little extra more. They should put that on a t-shirt, little extra more. Um, but they should have added in that little extra. Not extra, but like the actual meat of the gospel. Just added that in. And um, they just didn't get to that extra part. They just barely missed it. Just barely missed the mark. The monologues are great. They make you feel good. They, they're uplifting. They're great. But they just missed that extra little bit. And that's a little bit disappointing. Uh, but other than that, the special was awesome. It was a nice Christmas treat. Um, it definitely puts you in the Christmas mood. It's uplifting. You know, the whole Joy to the World Eggman. That's Eggman. What did I just say? Uh, that's what I said. The ending. The Joy to the World. The, the finale. It's it, The whole thing is uplifting. It doesn't, since it doesn't add that extra little, you know, part, it is very uplifting. It's a nice little, for someone who's already saved and someone who already knows what they believe, it's a very nice, sorry, I just burped. Um, it's a very nice, uplifting little Christmas spirit thing, and I'm probably going to watch it every year for Christmas with my family. Um, so my only complaint is if, you know, you weren't saved and you didn't know what you believed, then I don't know if this would help you in too much in that regard of being truly saved, you know what I mean? Uh, but those are my thoughts on Christmas with the Chosen. I know I've been recording for over an hour, and I'm so sorry if you don't like that, if you're like, wow, it's over an hour, I don't want to listen to this. I'm sorry, that's probably a turn off to some of you, but hopefully you will enjoy, and hopefully you made it this far. And if you have, then that's great. Uh, so those are my thoughts on Christmas with the Chosen. I hope you um, either agree or like, you know, like my opinions. I hope you're not too aggravated by them. Um, I hope that you will follow me on Instagram at at, at officially against the current um, if you haven't already. And I hope that I will. I hope the best to you. I hope you enjoyed the Christmas special. I hope you thought it was awesome. For those of you who are not living in the U.S., I hope that you had a great time with it. I hope it lived up to the hype because I think it did. Um, and I will see you guys next week, or maybe even this week. I want to finish out season two by next Sunday. That would be awesome because. I'm going away for the holidays. It's almost Christmas time, guys. Like, I'm going away for the holidays, so I don't know if I want to be recording episodes uh, a week from Sunday. So I'm probably going to try and get season two done by Sunday. So maybe you'll get two episodes this week. Who knows? Ooh, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get you guys' hopes up. Uh, we might get two episodes this week. That would be awesome. And um, so exciting things happening in the Chosen Realm. Uh, cool stuff on the horizon. I hope to see you guys, I don't know, somehow. Just connect with me on Instagram, this kind of thing. Um, and I'll see you guys next episode, maybe this week, maybe next week. Bye.